0: Welcome to the Doctor Who 1960s retrospective, exploring episodes from 1965 to 1967. Sit back on the journey of the past, fasten your seatbelts as you visit the past. And adventures in the classic BBC long-running science fiction series of Doctor
1: Who.
2: Hello and welcome to the Literary License podcast. Tonight we are discussing the Double Bill, the Space Museum, and Doctor Who the Chase. Tonight I'm joined with Ramona from America. How are you doing, Ramona? Hello. And Mario from North Finchley. Yo, how are you all today? And myself from the leafy suburb of East Finchley in North London. So uh, what have you guys been up to recently?
3: Well, I've recently have been upgrading myself to Butts and Lattes because Butts and Lattes is now live And my first ever interview with Jethro Wayman is now on my site. So please go and visit that. And I've just been reading, reading, reading. There's so many amazing books out there, it's just mad. So I'm reading the new fantasy series called Shatter Me at the moment. And it's a series of about eight, nine books. And they are just honestly amazing, fantastic.
2: And Books and Lattes is your Facebook group.
3: It's my Facebook group and also Mario's Likes. It's all linked together as well on Instagram. So everything that you see on Books and Lattes is also on Mario's Likes as well. So go check it out.
2: And how about yourself, Ramona?
1: Excited and apprehensive about a lot of things that's going to be happening this time of year besides Halloween. My birthday! Yay!
3: Christmas. Happy birthday! Happy birthday! Happy, Happy birthday Halloween to you! Happy birthday to you! Happy birthday, Ramona! Happy birthday to you!
1: Yep, you're gonna have to edit that out because otherwise you'll wind up having to pay fifty thousand dollars to royalties to somebody.
2: Keith, get the edit. Get the scissors out, Keith. <laughs> <laughs> So tonight we're going to be oh for myself I, sorry I've been um I've been preparing for my sister's big wedding so it's her big day next weekend so we're going to be celebrating that in the new forest um so you can't wait it's going to be very exciting and that's for Rachel and Jack going to see all my family they're all coming over and um cuz his his family are they're, they're Chinese but they live in Houston Texas so we're gonna meet them for the first time. It's gonna be really nice. So we've got a family meal on Wednesday and then an afternoon tea on the Friday and then the big day on the Saturday. So really exciting and feeling quite emotional and really happy. And um, But uh, film-wise I've been watch. I went to the sing-along for the Rocky Horror Picture Show at the Prince Charles Theatre and that was fantastic. It was such a laugh. Um and that was with David. David can't make can't make it tonight. He sends his apologies. He's come down with a cold and a cough, so he's resting up. Um, but he's also open micing at the old white line in East Finchley High Road. So that's on Thursdays from 7 30 pm till about 10 p.m. Um and it's free entry if anyone wants to go and visit. Um, I've been catching up with them. Um, I've been watching the Equalizer 3 and I watched um the um the new mission impossible i caught up with that film uh, part 1 and that was really really good really enjoyed it um and i've been read bookwise i've been reading ma- the magic the gathering series um the uh, the whispering woods by clayton emery so that's been that's what i've been doing recently so but let's um, yeah we'll get to the Space Museum which was uh, Serial Queue 4 episodes 24th of April to the 15th of May 1965 we'll cut to the trailer and we'll be right back
4: Synopsis for Doctor Who, The Space Museum, which aired the 24th of April to the 15th of May, 1965. The TARDIS arrives near a vast space museum on the planet Xeros, but has jumped off time track. The first Doctor, Ian Charleston, Barbara Wright, and Vicki have a series of bizarre experiences as they venture outside and into the museum. They see but cannot be seen by the materialistic Morox who run the museum and the servile indigenous Xerons who work for them. The museum contains fascinating exhibits, including a Dalek shell, and the four travelers discover that they and the TARDIS are on display. A few moments later, the time track slips back and the exhibit with themselves and the TARDIS vanish, but the travelers are still inside the museum. The head of the Morax, Lobos, is a bored and desperate museum administrator and colony governor who reflects sourly that the Moroc Empire has become decadent and declined. The Morocs find the TARDIS and start tracking down the occupants, who have become separated. The Doctor is the first to be found, but invades the interrogation tactics. Meanwhile, Vicky has made contact with the Zerons and, hearing of their enslavement, aids them in their plans to stage a revolution. They attack the Morak armory and Vicky outwits his controlling computer. With their new weapons, the Xerons are able to begin a revolution which slowly takes hold. Ian has meanwhile freed the Doctor from Lobos and has begun the process of freezing him and turning him into an exhibit. Ian and the Doctor are quickly recaptured by the Morak guards and Barbara and Vicky are captured shortly thereafter. Help comes from the Xerons revolutionaries who killed Lobos and the other Morak captors. The Xerons destroy the museum. The Doctor, Ian, Barbara, and Vicky take a time-space visualizer as a souvenir and leave in the TARDIS. On the planet Skaro, their departure is noted by the Daleks. And that is a synopsis of the Space Museum from Doctor Who, which aired on the 24th of April 1965 to the 15th of May 1965. (laughs)
2: Hello and welcome back to the Literary Licence Podcast. Tonight we are discussing the Space Museum. So I'll throw the doors open and what are your thoughts, guys?
3: Well, I think for me, I really enjoyed the Space Museum for the fact that it was quite haunting to begin with, I think, right at the beginning. Because once they were in that area of the museum, it was so silent, like they were walking around. And the people were walking by them, but they didn't they didn't seem to see them, if you know what I mean. So Dr. Ian, Vicky, and Barbara saw them, but the people didn't see them. And for me, that just freaked me out. It was but- like they were stuffed corpses.
2: Or you know, if you go to Harry Potter World and you see the the dummies with the costumes on just standing in display cabinets, it sort of feels like that. Like very faceless.
3: Yeah. And the way it was be it was very eerie, the whole thing. And I think that really came out for me. And the fact for that generation, I think my men must have been scared watching it. I thought that was my perception of it to be there. But the story itself was really good running. I, mean, I think for a uh, four episode, I think it was just right for that type of um, serial?
1: First thing is Xeros, where old soldiers go to be put on display. So even the soldiers were part of the exhibit in a way that the use of gas would have been terrifying and triggering for some people of the 1960s. Um, If you remember, the war had uh, just ended and um, a major mass uh, murderer used gas to uh not humanely euthanize uh, a great population. And so that that might trigger or upset some people when they see that. And then the lang the Langoliers, And I wonder if a certain author by the name of King may have seen the Space Museum story and thought of doing the Langoliers. So was King inspired by that story? Because I was waiting for them to show up. And otherwise it was a very, very, very good story. It was interesting that the Zarin children were allowed to live while their parents put out. Very timely. Your turn.
2: It's always interesting how Doctor Who sometimes reflects, reflects history and reflects societal norms or um, parodies. And I always find that fascinating um, in terms of the history of Doctor Who and and its cultural. But yeah, I can I definitely agree with Ramona and you know it would it would have definitely would have triggered people and symbolized something of a bigger picture you know because we are we it could be saying that we are in a in a living museum ourselves on display in this in the reality that we that we encompass um you know how how do we know we're not goldfish for, for the aliens <laughs> But um, I think I think if this f- film, if this story was a Star Trek st- Trek story, then Barbara definitely wouldn't have been able to get up amazed by unraveling a cardigan. <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> I, I agree there. I agree. I mean, it, I think it could have been a Star Trek story as well because I think it's got that same sort of elements for. Mm. That especially in the James T. Kirk era,
2: mm.
3: I would think, as you know, and to-
2: this is yeah. the last of uh, Mervyn Pinfield's connection with who because um, with the series, because he went on to do he was then scheduled to direct Galaxy 4 mm. um, the Sideways in Time stories. Any favorite moments?
3: Well, my favorite moment was right at the end, to be fair, because that's the first time ever that you see something from the next episode opening for that, you know, the next of the chase. Like the dark, you could see the Daleks, and I was just like, what? You know, and that's yeah. the first time I've actually ever seen the Space Museum. So I've never saw that bit with the Daleks right at the end. And mm-hmm. that's the very first time for Doctor Who to be doing that. I think, you know, and it, that to me was just amazing. That was my favourite bit right at the end there. And even like Vicky, when she was saying, it's like a space museum, she automatically thought that mm-hmm. straight away. That was a moment for me, for Vicky. We're like, well done, Vicky. You go, down, You actually managed to say it before anybody else did.
2: And what are your thoughts about the console room and the TARDIS in this one? Because it starts off as blacked out, um, and that can be quite threatening. And just, you know, to to think that um, it freezes them and travels back... Um, and on on recovery, the doctor can turn the lights on with a flip of a switch, so to speak.
1: Well, if time has stopped, then that means that current has stopped also.
2: Yeah.
3: And what would you give a space museum? out of five 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 as well no, definitely
2: yeah i agree from a desert world xeros i keep thinking of xerox the printing company but um <laughs> the uh i suppose it was a place of peace before the morrocks came um but overall it was enjoyable four parts i think it was four parts
3: yeah, four parts.
1: Um something about the outfits that the uh, Morocks wore. Uh they looked a little similar to uh what the two Didoans wore at the end of uh their episode with uh, Coquilleon, where they
3: mm. picked up Vicky. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And ratings wise, um the first one,
2: sorry, oh, sorry, sorry. That's right. Go go ahead.
3: Uh, So ratings-wise, the Space Museum episode one received 10.5 million viewers. The dimensions of time, which funnily enough, when I looked at it and I thought, oh, hang on, dimensions in time, so no um, reference there, but for me that could have been a reference, was 9.2 million viewers. The search, 8.5 million viewers, and the final phase, 8.5 as well. And those
2: it's were healthy, seats healthy, back in nineteen sixty-five. So you had Richard Shaw was Lobos, Jeremy Bullock was Tor, uh, Bill Starkey was one of the Xerons. And working yeah. titles were Zone Seven and the Four the Four Dimensions of Time. Welcome to the Literary License podcast. Tonight we're reviewing the serial R6 episodes 22nd of May to the 26th of June 1965. It is Doctor Who and it is The Chase. With William Hartnell. We'll cut to the trailer and we'll be right back.
0: This is synopsis for Doctor Who, The Chase which aired from the 22nd of May to the 26th of June, 1965. While companions Ian Charleston and Vicky explore the Cigarro Desert on the planet Ardeus, the first Doctor and Barbara Wright remain in the TARDIS. On the time-space visualizer, they see the Daleks embarking on a plan to follow the TARDIS to the Ardeus to exterminate the Doctor and his companions and seize the ship. Realizing that these events happened in the past and that the Daleks may already be on Ardeus, The Doctor and Barbara venture out to warn Ian and Vicky, only to see the Daleks emerging from the sands after a dust storm. The Doctor and Barbara are saved by the native Ardeans and are reunited with Vicky and Ian, who were injured after the encounter with the Myra Beast. The beasts attack again, and in the confusion, the Doctor and his friends flee to the TARDIS, evading Daleks who had discovered it buried in the sand. The Daleks pursue the TARDIS through the time and space in their own vessel. The Doctor and Companions stop atop the Empire State Building in New York City in 1966. After they leave, a Dalek appears. They are later mistaken for stowaways on the Mary Celeste until the Daleks arrive and frightened boat crew abandon the ship. Subsequently landing in a mysterious old house, the Doctor and his companions encounter Dracula and Frankenstein's monster, who attack the pursuing Daleks. In the confusion, the Doctors, Ian and Barbara, leave Vicky behind, unaware the monsters were actually robots in a defunct futuristic theme park attraction. Vicky steals away aboard the Dalek ship and witnesses from them create an android replica of the Doctor, programming to kill the TARDIS crew, which is dispatched on the arrival of the hostile jungle world of Machinus. Vicky reunites with the Doctor, Ian and Barbara, but a fight ensures between Ian and the real Doctor once the robot duplicate appears, claiming to be the original. When the robot Doctor mistakenly refers to Vicky as his granddaughter Susan, Barbara realizes and the real Doctor disables his doppelganger. As the Doctor and his companions venture into the metal city above the jungle, metanoids imprison them with shipwrecked human astronaut Steven Tyler. Under the cover of the Daleks' attack on the city, the Doctor and his companions escape. Upon discovering the Daleks' time machine and considering it more reliable than the TARDIS, Ian and Barbara persuade the Doctor to help them operate it to return to London in their own time. Upon arriving in London, 1965, Ian and Barbara set the time machine to auto-destruct. The Doctor and Vicky witness a conversation between Ian and Barbara on the time-space visualizer. The Doctor says that he will miss them, and he and Vicky depart in the TARDIS. And that is the plot synopsis for Doctor Who, The Chase, which aired from the 22nd of May to the 26th of June, 1965. Back to the show. 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 To the show.
2: Hello and welcome to the True License Podcast. Tonight we're discussing The Chase. So I'll throw the doors open. Um, what are your opening thoughts, guys?
3: Well, this was really sad for me, this um, you'd see all the chase because this its the last appearances of the original, original characters Ian Chesterton and Barbara Wright. I mean, this was just, I mean, I, I had a tear in my eye because they were the original, and you know, but from the very first episode all the way up to now, it's just. They've been through so much together in the time that we have seen them. Their characters grew from school teachers to adventurers to heroes. And I just thought they did an amazing job, you know, in their characters and the people who wrote for them as well and the love. But they had for each other and you can see that in this episode towards the end when you see all the you know the little clips they enjoyed with each other and you can tell you know it didn't say they got married or anything but you assume that they did get married and i feel that i feel that they did get married at the end of their time with the doctor and i think the doctor did go to their wedding as well, at some point, too. I mean, the story itself was unbelievable, amazing. I mean, I loved the chase. I know some people say say, you know, it wasn't their favourite, but for me, I enjoyed the whole series, with whole episodes, I think. And it had the garlics. What more do you want?
1: I enjoyed the technical side of the show, where they introduced a few more pieces of Doctor Who technology, the TARDIS magnet, which helps you find the TARDIS, even if a real world interface has been withdrawn. Um, I also like the space-time visualizer, which they got from Zeros, let you see things that happened in the past from other other times and other destinations or places, and Vicky, she surmised that it could only pick up things that happened in the past, that they, that the events were recorded on light neutrinos, and uh, I enjoyed that. Mm. I, I also enjoyed that. Um, oh, blanking. Oh, the haunted house. I enjoyed that.
2: My favorite. Have, have
1: favorite. you ever, ever been so mad where you flipped the Dalek? Well, Frankenstein was. <laughs> and, That's one of all, and also, why are Americans portrayed as being um, not at all there? Our cowboy uh, Western friend. Tex, I'll call him. Um, Was quite possibly one of the few humans to survive an encounter with a Dalek. Maybe the Dalek thought that he was too stupid to die. (laughs) (laughs) Or a complete idiot.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I totally agree. I I love the, the visualizer and the TARDIS. I think that's a beautiful piece of equipment. I think they need to bring that back and revisit mm-hmm. some stuff. I, I love seeing the Beatles and their little dancing and I yeah. felt like I was in the TARDIS for a second When with with, <laughs> they were just enjoying themselves. Um, the haunted house scene, one of my favourite scenes of Doctor Who lore. Like, I just love it when Dracula comes and says, good evening. <laughs> it's just brilliant. <laughs> Um, it's probably the most, I'd say the most lighthearted Dalek story, I think, that I've watched. Um, when, I mean, I know they're chasing him through time and then it all comes to its head in remembrance of the Daleks and the hand of Omega and I get that, but it was like, it was almost like the Daleks had gone on holiday. (laughs) They were just going on a sightseeing tour catching up with the doctor to try and exterminate him. Um mm-hmm. I love the mech is it the mechanoids?
1: The mechanoids,
2: yes. Oh, they were just gorgeous, man. And I love the noises, the silly noises they make.
1: Uh, <laughs> and, um,
2: the yeah I just and obviously I I felt emotional when they left the TARDIS. It's the mm-hmm. first time I'd seen that episode. So it was a bit vague. The 60s is a bit vague with me because I seem I watch repeatedly 1980s Who a lot and 1970s Who, but I don't I always sort of neglect the 60s stuff. I will admit that. But it was the first time seeing this and I felt emotional. I thought, oh, this is really sad. And I thought I know they were two years out or whatever, but they still got back home safely um in a safe period. And I, th- I think I was thinking if I was in the TARDIS and I just left. I'd probably have a photo shoot as well, just to keep some happy memories. Um, I was ashamed that they didn't come back for the Five Doctors, Um, but I know they had Ben and Polly and um, some other characters there, so that I I know that maybe maybe they they, maybe they were just too busy or were doing other things at the time. I'm not sure, but yeah, I just yeah, just and the the sets were cool. the, the dialogue between the companions was brilliant. Um, someone clear this up for me. Peter Purves. He played two characters. And when when does he actually join the TARDIS? Is it in a future one? Because
3: well, he was an astronaut, wasn't he, in this one?
2: Yeah, but then he came at the end. And I thought he was going to be a stowaway. I join.
1: thought he was... Um they showed that he survived the yeah. uh, blowing up of because he was walking among the fungus with the uh, panda that used to be on the chair but they didn't show him getting on board the tardis
2: hmm. Hmm. so I'm sure I'm assuming he's going to pop up at some point oh maybe it's the Dalek master plan I'm not sure it's we- we'll find out guys we'll I find am. out as we go along we will find out. So keep watching, keep subscribing, and we'll get to we'll find out.
3: <laughs> I mean, um again, ratings-wise, the very first episode, The Executioners, had 10, 10 million viewers. The second, The Death of Time, 9.5. Flight from Eternity, episode 3, 9 million viewers. Journey into Terror, episode 4, 9.5 million viewers. Episode 5, The Death of Doctor Who, 9 million viewers. And The Planet of Decision, Episode 6, 9.5 million. Really so that's quite high. Yeah,
1: very high. That is very high, um, considering the era that uh, that was shown in. And televisions were a, still a relatively new thing. You had to get a license for them and stuff.
2: hmm the budget was just over six grand for episode one.
3: Wow. wow. <clears throat> I mean, back then was a lot of money for a serial like that as well. But it was just like, I just couldn't believe. I mean, I remember reading the Target novelization, um a long time ago for this and... it was was very very descriptive very descriptive within in that and it had every single bit it had on the tv in the actual target book but you know added a few bits as well that we didn't see on television too so there's always a difference between the target and the televised serial as well out of five, everybody, I give it a five because of Ian and Barbara's last appearance.
2: Yeah. Me, I do give
3: it a five. Yeah, they, some um,
2: five.
1: Made good use of the Daleks' uh, time travel machine. Yeah. Shame that they had to destroy it, though. They could have let it uh, gather dust mm. and become a um, invisible thing on a corner somewhere until it was needed again.
3: Mm, Good idea, I like that one Maybe a fan fiction um, type story
2: I'll give it a solid five as well definitely I thought it was a brilliant story really enjoyable watch Um, it didn't it was six was it six episodes?
3: Six episodes, Yeah.
2: It didn't feel like it when I was watching it because it was enjoyable and it didn't stall or, or, you know, Mm -hmm. really, really good
1: Excellent
3: continuity.
2: Yes. So next time when we... For the next instalment, we're going to be covering the Time Meddler and then we're going to actually be on season three, which is um, Galaxy 4.
3: Yes, the animated Galaxy 4.
2: So has anyone, as we're coming to the end of the Literary Licence podcast, has anyone got anything they'd like to plug? Any any pages Don't, or websites? Yeah,
3: I mean, just keep going to Books and Lattes on Facebook, Marius Writes on Instagram and tw- Twitter, Twitter. And just please, please keep reading my lovely short stories and books are out there. The Unwanted Guests, The Sir Benedict Files, and Unexplained anomalies.
1: If you're curious about our podcasts or or just our general posting, you may join the Hoovians podcast on Facebook. It's a group and also a page.
2: Cool. Um, you can check out my artwork on Craigsworld.org and on uh, Instagram Craigsworld too. Um, check stuff out. And David, if you want to check out David's gigs and music, then he is his YouTube channel is Acid Monk. You can see him playing guitar, or you can check out the band V-Sore X, who he used to play with in the eighties, and they've got stuff on YouTube. So, be my guest. So that brings us to the end, guys. Um, but thank you for joining us, everyone. And it's good night from me, uh, Craig Johnson.
3: Good East night from me,
2: Marius from Wolf Finchley.
1: Good late afternoon from me from Park Connecticut.
2: Bye, guys. See you next time. Thank you. Bye.
1: Bye.
3: In the years to come Will you think
1: about these moments that we share In the years to come